everybody, and welcome back to Don't Quit Your Day Job. My name is Paul. I am your host, and today, all the way from probably hot Buffalo, which seems weird to say, Buffalo, New York, I have Mikey J, Mike Jacobs from On The Cinder. Mike, thank you for coming back on the show. Return guest. For sure, Paul. Thanks for having me. I've been following your podcasting career for quite some time, and I'm very impressed on the, uh, you know, just amount of, you know, output you do. Thank you. You're working really hard. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's fun to talk to guys like you that that are doing stuff, trying trying to be successful again, whatever that means. Um, and we're going to talk about some more of that stuff. But first, um, so Flower House was, we talked about this last time, Flower House was like this old house that you lived in and now it's your label and you kind of put on shows and stuff. Um, but I did see that you did a ska show for the first time for, for Flower House, right? Yeah, that's actually coming up next okay. Wednesday. Right. No, next Thursday, August 11th right, August with 11th. Joystick. Okay. We're on, they're a decent ska band. Like they're on Stomp Records and then they're on the same label as like Kill Lincoln. Like they're, they matter in ska. So and, are you a fan of ska? We've never talked about this. I hate talking about Scott because I love Scott and I, I hate to admit it. It's really tragic. Um, but yeah, Jason, Tyler, and myself, were all playing Scott when our band on the center got together. Uh, like that was the last thing we had done okay. while we were all living together. And then we, those bands dissipated and we were like, let's just do a three piece punk rock band. Mm -hmm rather than a seven piece or an eight piece with four horns and keyboard. And, right. you know, just, you need a, a bigger, bigger van. You need a, like so much more coordination. Right. I, I did the smart thing. I think just, I started a punk band with my two roommates <laughs> and I knew where they'd sleep at night and we had a practice space in the basement. So much more convenient, but Scott's, Still like it. Do you think Scott is like in a renaissance now? Uh, you know, Scott, I know that Scott measures itself in waves, um, but there seems to be more interest in Scott. So I have to admit, as I often do on the show, that I'm not a fan of Scott, um, but, but I can certainly recognize a good band is a good band. But do you feel like there are more Scott bands now than there have been in the past few years? Um... It seems like, well, the thing with Ska, like those bands that kind of made it in the 90s on the American third wave, mm -hmm. like those bands never stopped touring. Right. Like they kept going. Less and Jake, Real Big Fish, yeah. even like the Toasters were kind of like an in-between because they started in the 80s. Right. They really flourished in the 90s. Those bands always had to tour. Like they never made the huge, huge money where they could like just do a record every three years right. and tour on that with Scott. It's like there's more members you're kind of climbing an uphill battle with it being sort of lame. And like the people that love it though, they are crazy about it. So you just keep going around bringing your Scott party everywhere you go. And um, I think those bands from the nineties have really just kept going and influenced younger bands. I mentioned like kill Lincoln earlier, um, joystick who, you know, they, they're probably about as old as on the cinder, like, you know, thirties and just been a band for a decade. 
Um, and then there's also like Catbite, who are going on tour with right. everybody right, right now. Right. So Catbite's kind of blowing up a little bit. Yeah. 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 And it's like those younger bands are doing really well. They're touring and they're putting records out and like, it, it, it does seem like there's a little, uh, little fluff around Scott right now. A little, uh, little so, clout. so two comments. One though. is, um, in, in the episode, the most recent episode with Bree, we, we talked about scenes getting older and what that might mean for bands. And then um, the episode that's coming out tomorrow with a friend of mine named Rachel Bloom, who started a business, um, a catering business, essentially a a cooking business. Um, But she was heavily into the ska scene when she was younger. Um, And that sort of informed her, her whole outlook on, you know, as she became an adult and wanted to do stuff. But one of the things we talked about was, you know, when I mentioned Mephiscopheles, for example, she was like, oh, I, are they still a are they still a band? But of course, Mephiscopheles have been touring, as you just said, for years and years and years. So do you feel like if we if we use Ska as the example, do you feel like um, a certain number of the audience falls away as they get older and sort of stop following music? And then there you get new fans. You know, how does that how do you think that that works? I think there's like different vessels for your band to like be exposed to new people. Um, you know, any, any time you do a new release, like you have to kind of think of things as like a clean slate. You're like, you got to get this music out to people. You got to bring it to people and go on tour and play shows. And like, you have to network a ton. You also have to consider like who's helping you promote the music with PR, with whatever label you're working with. Um, it's it's a lot of work but as far as like the age thing goes i think that there is like a very obvious timeline of like the people that were experiencing like the green day nirvana burst of the 90s uh i wonder how many like billions of dollars fender and gibson sold from (laughs) watching you know billy joe play and art uh les paul and Kurt Cobain plays, he usually played a Fender. Yeah, I think. he played a, like a Jagstang. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, fast forward a little bit, like, there was the whole Warp Tour movement. And then after that, like, the internet really became the next vessel, like MySpace and other social medias. Right. Right. And as you go, like, you know, younger people, that like 18 to 24 demographic, when people are like, figuring out what they want to do with their lives. They're just kind of riding the next machine that they receive music through. Right. And, uh, I think that nineties boom of like guitar sales, especially like we're, we're still seeing those guys that were there in the early nineties. They're still playing in bands, but they're probably on their fourth or fifth band. Maybe, uh, like Bree mentioned, uh, a lot of guys, on their roster are like in their forties and that's awesome that they're still playing and they've probably gone on in their lives and have children. And I think the most important thing to being a musician, like in punk rock, especially where the margins are a little slim, uh, you just have to keep living your life and you can't let your band destroy your life. Like, my band is immensely important to me and it's a huge part of my life, but there has to be balance and you always have to find a way 
to keep your band going without the cost to you. Like, right. you know, you're always going to put money into it. You're always going to put time into it. It's always going to be communication issues and inner turmoil, whatever. Like you just, bad religion said it, you know, years ago, your band will succeed. Just don't break up. That's all right. it takes. Right. Right. Cool. Um, do you think that if, if we use your band on the cinder, if we use your band as the example, do you find you're getting kids as well as the 50 year old punk rocker at your shows? Um, it, de- it depends. I think every scene is going to be different. Like it's like with the internet. Sure. You have all access to everybody all the time, quoting Bo Burnham there, but like, so does everyone else. Right. And you really have to find a way to be that little sliver right. in someone's day. Like whether it's streaming your song, playing in their town, doing social media, goofy stuff. You know, we do like quizzes on our Instagram stories or funny pictures, whatever. Yeah. Like, um, I think when it comes to ages, um, I feel like we're definitely going to get more kids at like house shows where there's no rules and kids are probably bringing their own booze and they don't have to check their ID or anything. Um, but like that older demographic is also really important to your band because they have jobs and and they remember a time when they were listening to full albums and like, you know, maybe that 50 year old guy is going to like really invest in your band more than the kid that you love jumping around at the show definitely need that guy there but uh you know he'll be jumping for the next band too (laughs) and when he goes to college he'll probably you know drop out in two semesters and not give a shit about music you know who knows um so one more thing here before we talk about what on the cinder is up to um and that is you, you mentioned bands right so you have with with social media and with the internet you have outreach and and you can do a lot of stuff everybody can record a band record an album in their in their bedroom right um but not everybody should is kind of my (laughs) my my attitude right now just because you can doesn't mean you should right because you can record a song doesn't mean it that that in and of itself doesn't make the song good right you can distribute it on Spotify just because you can do that now, which was impossible 30 years ago. Um, but you can do it now. That doesn't make the song good. Right. So how, how to, how to, how do we teach other bands or, or, or kids that are interested that you gotta put in the time to learn your instrument and write good songs. You know, because I maybe sound like the old man now, but it's like, well, you gotta, you gotta walk before you can run, but everybody can run mm-hmm. now. So. Yeah. I, with some, with some genres or some bands, like it doesn't matter what the song is, if they're playing and people are into it, like, yeah, you know, sometimes you see a, a brand new band of like kids at high school like they bring a million people and they play this really energetic, like, you know, chaotic show and people eat it up. Yeah. And I enjoy seeing those bands too. The song, <laughs> the sanctity of the song is always important. 
but I guess it it really depends on the listener. Like to me, the song is the most important thing. Right. Writing right. lyrics that matter to you, writing the music in a way that you feel convey your conveys your message. Like it, it's very perspective based. Everyone is going to be different. But that's some people the- love. If I can interrupt, you know, sorry, that's the difference between like the live experience and the recorded experience, though, right? So you can have a simple or crappy song, but if, as you just said, if you put a lot of energy into it or it feels genuine to the audience, you'll get some reaction no matter what. But if you go now, if you buy their vinyl or whatever and you go and listen to it and you're like, well, this is the same, you know, three chords shouted that I've heard. 70 million other times right so you know there is that dichotomy there is that that difference and again you know i do because you don't want to be the guy that says well you're you're kind of shitty you need to practice more because that's not encouraging right (laughs) (laughs) so there's that you're trying to walk that fine line well i don't know right do you what do you do in your scene? I, you put on a lot of shows. You're very supportive. You were supportive of us when we were on tour with Doping the Void, uh, even though you weren't doing that show. So how are you, let's put it in the context of you, how are you trying to help kids? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's very trial by fire. Like, okay, um, you got to get out there like comedians say it all the time when you're starting out, you have to go out there and bomb for like years. (laughs) So you're good. Right. And I think I get your perspective where it's like, you're a guy that plays in bands and you run a label and people like you're stuck listening to other people's music that you're not choosing to listen to. People are sending you songs. They're like, put this on vinyl or put this out (laughs) and you listen to it and it fucking sucks. And you're like, And you don't know what to say, but to be like, I can't right now, keep going, keep working on it. Keep keep trying. Yeah. Write more. Yeah. Yeah. And and (laughs) just, yeah, you just always have to be writing. You have to bomb for a while. Um, And sometimes like, you know, your band goes through changes where you do different approaches. You want to say different things on stage. You don't, so you don't want to say anything on stage. There's also different songs you want to put in your set that say different things and mean different things. Like, especially with the pandemic, for example, like a lot of bands didn't play shows for two years. Like you might've had a chance, like for us being a band of like seven years at that point, we're like, we collected and we're like, what do we want to do? Do we want to do this as we always have? Do we want to try something else? Do we want to do a different angle? I I hope a lot of bands took the time because you had the time. Everyone was Mm -hmm. sitting in their asses at home to reflect on what they wanted to do, what they're meaning to do while still having fun. Right. Right. Exactly. Having fun is, is for sure the most important thing. So, You've played a lot of shows on the Cinder goes on tour, right? So there are bands that play a long weekend and and call it a tour or they play, you know, every weekend in their greater 30 mile radius and call that a tour. Those are, you know, in my opinion, that doesn't matter. It's not really a tour, but on the Cinder does tours. You go places, (laughs) right? So you got this 
upcoming upcoming tour of Canada coming up. Um, so before we talk about the nuts and bolts of getting that shit together, what's what's a memory that sticks out where you guys bombed, where you played a shitty show and people are like, "I'm the cinder sucks." Ooh. Well, there was this one time in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, usually, we play okay in Pittsburgh. Um, hmm. Has there so maybe not even that you were bad, but just you had one of those shows where it didn't, where everything went wrong. That's had to have happened with the number of shows and tours you guys have played. For sure, I'm. I'm trying to think of a, a story that won't get me in trouble with my other guys. Um, just any any time equipment breaks, yeah. like we, we've had very like middle of the road equipment our whole you know band lives. I think your um, bass amp broke on the last time you guys played in Pittsburgh. Yeah, man, in, in that fact. shit happens all the time. That's <laughs> yeah, that's that's an ampeg. I put I paid money for that, and I put money into fixing it. But you know, yeah. it's still a machine; it can break down. Yeah. Um. Just anytime, like something happens like sharing gear and someone else like it was probably going to happen anyways, but gear gets like busted up. Like Tyler will not let anyone borrow symbols. And I really don't blame him yeah, for I don't it. Blame like, him a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. It, it happened once where he did lend it to somebody at a Buffalo show. The, the kid was hard hitter struck right through it. And like, just, put a decent dent in a symbol and just, you know, there's only three of us, so we can all read each other really well. We know the vibe each other is going for. So like when I, when we can pick up on each other, having a bad time, it's like, do you overcompensate and try to be like more of a showman or do you just try to get the fuck out of there and right. not suck? Right. So, uh, Anything gear related is like, that's like the bare minimum. You just hope that your stuff works. Right. And if it doesn't, or somebody breaks it, or you break it yourself, that's just, that's a shit in the gut for yeah. sure. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, then you just gotta get through it. So let's talk about the Canadian tour. Um, so how, talk about the nuts and bolts of putting together a tour for an independent band. Uh, a lot of research, a lot of bothering people, um, networking just really extensively. Uh, you know, if there's a band you've played with from a different town or, uh, you follow a band that goes to an area you want to go to, just shoot them a message, like, or friend somebody in the band and be like, Hey, we want to play here. Who do you guys talk to? Or with Canada, I think the first time we actually went over our friends, OC 45 from Boston, like they had already been before and we did a couple dates with them. So we kind of just made friends as we went in that circumstance. And those are still the same people that we work with today. Um, you know, you're not going to save every person. They're not always going to be like, you know, still doing music when you want to go right. back or maybe they're not the perfect friend to have in said town. So you just keep your, uh, keep your contact list open. Um, but just networking, 
creeping, uh, especially like bands that like other bands that tour being like, you played this venue. How was right. that? Okay. And you bother yeah. them. Yeah. So do you keep a big yeah. spreadsheet? Do you have like a big Excel table of like places and bands and contacts? Um, not really. Cause I, I do use like Excel sheets for like, or like Google sheets for organizing things like distance driving or gas costs or where we're staying or, you know, venue contact information, but um, stuff changes so quickly that like, you know, you play, you play a city, cool bar, maybe we want to play again next time, but then you're looking to go back and it's closed. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I think it's more important to stay in touch with the people that throw your shows than uh, banking on a venue being there next right, time, right. especially with like DIY house shows, like, uh, you know, VFW halls or whatever. It's like the people you get in touch with that book the shows, they're the ones investing in it. Um, just hang on tight. And, you know, those people are, they, they get swamped. Like so many bands want a tour and uh, a lot of people cover different genres. So they're just like pummeled with messages all the time. Right. So, well, you know, you know it. You can buy it all the time of that. I know a little bit of, of some of that. Um, when when you're when you're reaching out, what's what's the timeline that works for you guys? Are you booking six months in advance? Are you, when you say, okay, guys, Tyler, Jay, we're gonna go to Canada, right? So and we're gonna do it in six months, or we're gonna do it in a year. You know, what's that conversation like? How are you figuring that out? Uh, a lot of the times we'll figure out where we want to go because people are like bothering us to come. Okay. Like that's a cool problem like, to have. Yeah. It's not bad. It's just like they're in Texas and you're in New York and it's like, <laughs> how the fuck do I get there? So you got to figure that out. And you know, your friends want you to come on a Friday all the way in Texas. So it's like, do I do a, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday in the Midwest to get there, you know, but like, um, yeah, with Canada, our friends didn't see us at Pusa Fest, which is up in Montreal every spring. Uh, and a few of our Quebecois friends were like, when you come to Pusa Fest, you got to come up here. We miss you. And nothing, nothing greases the wheels in our van. Like, you know, that sort of invitation, even if, and luckily the guys that called on us were like up for doing the shows and booking it. Like we have a lot of friends that are like, just come back. We'll see you there. I'll be there. I love it. But, uh, you know, having people that can really get a show together is right. crucial. Have you looked at the online services like bands on the run or whatever those other places are where you're, Maybe you have to pay and you get contacts or, or something. Um, I used to use Indie on the Move okay. a lot. Um, that site I don't think is so active anymore. Like they changed their service to be like a prescription thing. So where it used to be like like bands could give ratings to venues or like they could post. It was almost like a like a thread where you. Mm -hmm put little like experiences and reviews 
And I used to just like read up on places we were going to or different places we could play. Um, DoDIY.org used to also be way more active, but um, I think it's only one dude that does it. And, you know, like I said earlier, venues change over so quickly that it's hard. He can't keep up. And it's, you know, it's a dot org. So I don't think he makes a lick of a dime off that. So um, he just does it when he can. Um, Good sites. It's just like uh, it's like all social media just bothering people. Yeah. And that's my experience, too, in doing stuff with Doping the Void or, or other bands. You know, you you send out. 50 emails or 100 emails and you get a 5 or 10% hit rate where that actually turns into something and you just have to do it right it's just the volume and you have to follow up and all of all of that sort of stuff so there's no mystery to it right you just have to do the work yeah uh, I think going through bands like this is our drummer Tyler he's always like go through the bands mm-hmm. bands are the ones that care about a show go through bands. Mm-hmm. Like he always drives that home. And I, I took time to learn that because there's places I've wanted to play. I was like, I, I think we would fit really well in this venue and, you know, Worcester mass. And then we play the venue I want to play and the show is bullshit. So it's like, <laughs> I egg on my face, Tyler's grumpy at me. So like <laughs> Tyler was right. The bands care about the show. Yeah. So, while you can send like a billion million emails to venues and sometimes their websites are down or their email is like a daemon failure, whatever thing. Uh, Talk to bands. They, they're the ones doing stuff. Go to like um, Facebook groups that like specify a city. I think that's pretty important or look at hashtags on Instagram that's a good way to find house shows actually for people cool. that are looking for that. There you go. You just, you just sound kind of weird being like, Hey, I found you on a hashtag. Uh, can my band play your house? Right. I'm not weird. I promise. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. you can't say that without sounding weird, unfortunately. So uh, why is a Buffalo band playing in Scranton, Pennsylvania? Um, because that's where Camp Pennsylvania will be this year. And we're playing the after party prom the Friday night, September 9th. Um, why is it in Scranton? I guess they did. This is the second year they're doing it. Yeah. Um, I know that our friends working class stiffs are really tight with Riot Squad Media. And Joe Scrivano, their bass player, is like... He's like a really cool older brother, uncle figure to me. So like uh, we can just shoot the shit forever. And he's pretty, pretty involved with the scheduling and stuff. So I think us being friends helped uh, get us involved, but there's a handful of Buffalo bands playing. I think Uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty regional festival. Yeah. Um, are there a lot of Pennsylvania bands playing? There are. I trust of, are. Yeah, there, there are for sure a lot of Pennsylvania bands playing. I think part of the struggle with that show this year is Four Chord Music Fest is happening, I think, the same weekend, which is a very, very big <laughs> festival. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Scranton will be in the northeast corner. 
Southwest will be the Fort Fort Worth Fest. So if you want to play Pennsylvania that weekend, go to Erie. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Or go to Buffalo. Uh, Well, a lot of Buffalo bands will be at Pennsylvania. That's 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 fair. Um, so before we wrap this up, what else is on the cinder doing? So you had a record pretty recently. Are you working on more stuff? Or are you getting ready to record? We actually just finished a new full length. Uh, we just finished the vocals on it yesterday. Okay. So now I just have to mix it and we're just gonna do our due diligence, shop it around. Um, you know, it, if there's not like, an interesting opportunity to go for like more than what we do ourselves. Mm-hmm. If that's not on the table, then it'll probably be through flower house records, um, which we run. It's just me and Jason and Tyler. And, you know, we do our own shirts. Uh, we work with the vinyl press plants, which I'm not excited about trying to figure out at this point. I've heard 16 months out for pressings there. or something. Although so. I feel like in at least the companies that I work with, um, lead times have gone down a bit, have gotten a bit better more recently, but they're still, it's still months, right? It's not, instead of it being eight months, it's maybe six months now. So still better. Okay. That's good. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll bother you about your contacts, yeah. but I don't want to blow up their spot. Uh, you, can, you can do that under the table with me. Yeah, right, um, right on. Yeah. Uh, new full length at some point. We're playing the fest in Gainesville oh, in October. That's, that's cool. Um, yeah. That'll be neat. Uh, it's our first time. We've pestered the dude that books it for years and years, and we've constantly toured down to Gainesville like when we play Florida. And it's always a good time. It's such a cool city. So, um, yeah, that feels like a cool yeah, opportunity that's, for that's us. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, again, speaking of success, it's those those sorts of wins that are m- maybe still small but are substantial, right? That that's Playing Fest is is a cool thing. It's It's got a great reputation. Cool bands play it. So it's it's cool for you guys to, to get in that. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we just couldn't get our Goo Goo Dolls cover set together in time. <laughs> um, there was an opportunity to do a cover set and the the one the organizer sent my way was Goo Goo Dolls. And I was like, How hard could it be? I did grow up listening to them. Right. How hard could it be? But Tyler and Jay really don't know the music. Okay. So we'll we'll think of something. Hopefully we get on next year too and we can get some like uh something organized. Because it'd be nice to play twice that weekend. Yeah. Rather than just one show. One show all the way there, yeah. Uh one more thing here before I let you go, Mike, and that is has there been any thought in the band to somehow subsidize your touring and record releasing schedule with Jay's jerky business? I am going to totally let him know you're interested in uh, sponsoring yes. and uh, funding it. Uh, he, he likes it. We've, we've had all kinds of goofy drunken influenced ideas to you know, push some other product aside from vinyl and t-shirts with this band. Tyler wanted to do a hot sauce at one point. Okay. Um, there's always the idea in the back of my mind to find a cidery to do on the cinders yeah, on the cider. Perfect. But uh, that <laughs> I've heard that doesn't sell well at all. Like when bands um, do like a premier beer, yeah. like 
it really doesn't sell unless it's for a very specific event and it's okay. gotta be a really short like run. Right. Um, jerky dude. dude so runs. Jay's jerky is really good. We, he gave us some when we were, uh, when we were on tour in Buffalo and we ate it immediately on the, on the, right when we got back in the van. Um, so I think you, <laughs> you have a business there. You can, everybody loves jerky. <laughs> Except the vegetarians, but maybe uh, maybe we can do some dried eggplant or whatever some substitute saitan, there some, is. For some that. sort of saitan thing, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> awesome. Well, I will drop all the links for on the Cinder into the podcast description. Check them out at Fest. Check them out at the Camp Punksylvania Scranton Prom thing. Check them out on tour coming up in Canada. Um, and you can certainly go to their page. And so I have the flat cap that I bought last time I saw those dudes. So I were, that's my, my current fave. Um, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. It's always good to talk to you. Love you, Paul. See you later, man. See you.